Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You can't tell me what to do, you ain't my mother! Yes, I am! Hello, Stacey. Doctor's here to help. No, no, no doctors, Mum. I told you, no doctors. Stacey, we all just want what's best for you. No, really, I'm, I'm fine, thank you. I'm really fine. Well, we really think that you should come with us. No, no, I don't, I don't want to. Dad, what? No, just what is it? What is it? It's Lucy. No. No. Don't say it. Don't say it. Please don't say it. She's gone. Oh, I'm sorry, please. Oh, it's 30 years since BBC One's flagship soap EastEnders started on the BBC. BBC One, as I say. Uh, and to commemorate the special anniversary, myself, Luke, editor and runner of the website thecastertv.com, and my own personal duff duff. Mr. Matt in the North <laughs> <laughs> has joined my... me as... Go on. I was going to say, leave your duff duffs out of this. <laughs> no, they come with me as a package. Um, has joined me just to talk about the most memorable characters, the most memorable moments, and theories on the mystery that's got everybody talking. What the bloody hell is Broadchurch 2 about? We'll cover it all <laughs> in this special... EastEnders podcast. Uh, and of course we're going to talk Lucy <laughs> Beale death as well. It's all going to be covered in this special podcast. And I want to start with Sharon Gate in October yeah. of 94. The reason I well, want to start with it is yeah. because it's the first thing I genuinely remember going, oh, it's going to kick off in the Vic type thing. <laughs> and, uh, and also it's very 90s because... They used a cassette. They played a cassette <laughs> in the pub, which I remember quite yeah. vividly. Well, it was all based on, wasn't it? Michelle was... I can't remember what Michelle was doing. It was something maybe for a uni project or something where she was interviewing Sharon. 
And as you would. They done, Graham Norton's done, done that as well this week. <laughs> they'd all done this um, this tape cassette, hadn't she? And, and Grant yeah. had found it and was playing bits of it throughout various episodes. But we'd all just been waiting for it and it, it got to the point. I can't remember who the party was for, but there was a party in the Vic, so everyone was there. And um, he comes in and, you know, confronts everyone. Sharon, this is brilliant. It really is. It was gone. Don't know. You should have been back ages ago. It was like Phil was a nice side of Gron without the other stuff. You slept with him, remember? Phil was different. Why? He just was. Well, I didn't know that the first time. In one minute I was looking at him, in the next, ripping each other's clothes off. And after? Well, it was like Phil was a nice side of Grant, hmm. without the other stuff. What about when you went to see him at the flat a couple of weeks ago when Kathy was out? Grant, please. It's all right, I know you didn't go over there just to wish him good luck. No, I wanted to see if there was anything still there. Was it? Well, I'd only been there five minutes and we're all over each other again, just like the first time. You said you didn't sleep with him. No, no, we didn't, but we could have done. Grant, oh, sorry, girls, I was a little boy. Look, Kathy, nothing happened. You slut. When it's at its best and when they do a massive reveal like Sharon Gate, I, it does give me butterflies. I, mm. I do feel like, oh. You know, how's this going to go down? What they're going to do? Because because they've got the luxury of time on a soap to plot a story. Because things are in the background and they build up so much, you do mm. get more attached to them. And I yeah. remember thinking, oh, Sharon Gates really going to have ripples. And it, it was one uh, of those moments in the Vic where everybody was silent mm. listening to this tape, which was incredibly good quality for a cassette tape at the time. Mm. I don't know whether it was a C90 or a... <laughs> or the C60, I don't know. There was, there, they should have done a bit where it got stuck in Grant's tape machine and he had to use the little oh, pencil. To... The, little, the little tape pencil. <laughs> <laughs> we all had a tape pencil, let's be honest. Your, blunt, your oh, mum's I blunt makeup like pencil. I wonder if there's kids listening to this who were born in like 94 and have got no idea what we're talking about. I mean, this one as well had been, but I think Sharon and Phil had originally sort of got together... Uh, obviously, Sharon and Grant were married, and Sharon and Phil got together in like '92, and it took, you know, it was going on for two years to Grant find out about the affair. So, it, you know, it was a, it was a really slow-burning story, and I suppose you could compare it to, you know, 15 years later when they did the Max and Stacey affair, mm. and and it's similar. You know, this was on a video recorder. They're so, slowly edging towards yeah. modern technology. Actually, no, it wasn't. It was on DVD because she yeah. burnt. The yeah, CD, but she was. I suppose she was using like a camera. I mean, you know, yeah, it was on a DVD, but she was using a video camera. As my, you know, so you know, Sharon Gate was all on the tape, and then you've got, as you say, the DVD. Um, and in the in the you know the Lucy Beale now we're having like you know footage from people's phones and stuff being mm-hmm. used. So it's sort of you know they they've used the technology of the time, I suppose, to advance stories and and reveal things that. Well, that I, 
in build-up for this, I've sort of gone back, watched some clips, and I think you've done the same of yeah. sort of the early years. Because if we go back to the first episode, which I rewatched recently, it is more, much more about the character, you know, these characters, almost like theatre, all but you know. I, I mean, they introduce the character so well. As, as most people know, it begins with the scene of finding Reg Cox. Well, he's not actually dead when they find him, but he's, you know, getting towards that stage. Um, that Arthur and Den and Ali... Was that, a med- was, that, was that a medical term? Yes, indeed, <laughs> you lost yeah. me with your medical med- jargon. seven years at medical school didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't go... Getting uh, towards that yes. stage. Yeah, but what I thought was a good way of sort of introducing the characters by having them sort of, you know, have you heard about Reg? Have you, you know... This sort of thing wouldn't have happened in the old days, and it just sort of introduced these themes, introduced these characters, and I think by the end, I mean, not all of the characters were in the first episode, but you got the idea of of these characters and the relationships they had. The main family in it, to begin with, was the Beals and the Fowlers, and obviously, and as we know, Ian has been in it from the very start, in that very first episode. And then you you had sort of Dirty Dan and, and Ange and, and Sue and Ali Osman. And as well, the other thing you notice a lot more multicultural then. You know, you had the Turkish family running the cafe, you had an Asian family mm. running the shop, and it, it felt more authentic. And I think it, it seemed to be, you know, this was the face of the East End that was changing. You had Lou and, and Ethel talking about this wouldn't have happened. You know, there was a time where everybody knew what was going on. It took us several days to find out what happened to Reg because no don't one... You think, don't you think it's odd off. that Coronation Street celebrated, what, 50 years recently? yeah. yeah. And and so I wonder why the BBC was sort of twenty years behind in getting mm. their own prime time evening. Yeah, soap. I mean it's thirty. It's thirty years behind, I believe. Mm. It was no six, no thirty, twenty five years 20, behind, isn't 25 it? Twenty five years. Behind, yeah, yeah, fifty six, nineteen sixty. That not training yeah. doing well Nin- as well. Nineteen sixty was <laughs> Corey. Nineteen eighty five was. Um, yeah. EastEnders. So I, don't I wonder know. why there was that, that, unless they thought they just couldn't mm. compete with with it, Corey. I don't it know. It was obviously just maybe they didn't want something that could, you know, they wanted to be different from the competition. So, so Tony Holland and Julia Smith, who had this idea for, you know, this area, they knew the area, and I think they based a lot of the characters on people they knew, and and as I say, certainly. At the start, these people seem authentic, and it was more about their lives and their figures and stuff and their character development than it may have been about the stories that we've become used to over the past ten or so years. So these big, these big revelations, and I think the first big one that they did was the uh, reveal of uh, who the father of Michelle's baby was, because she um, was a teenage mother, and it took us a while. Um, to find out who did who did it, if you will. There was like three or four, I believe, and it was one of those where she she made a phone call. You saw everybody leave the square, and then it, obviously it was, as we know now, it was dirty spoilers for people who didn't see it in 1986. <laughs> yeah. Turned out to be Dirty Dan. You know, we found out about it, then everyone found out about it. You know, the divorce papers, uh, Christmas ep- where uh, you had Dan give Angie the divorce papers, which was sort of their biggest rated episode of all time. People forget that that also was when Pauline found out about Michelle and Dan, you know, mm. Dan being Vicky's father. And there was just a scene where you saw him handing her money. And it's just the, the way they do the reveals, as we said before, 
is part of the charm of, of, of the show, I think. Thanks for the best Christmas ever, Dan. Our last one. You don't regret staying with me, do you? I don't want to get morbid today of all days, but it scares me. I don't think I can keep up this performance 24 hours a day. Oh, you could keep this performance up for a lifetime. Like on the Orient Express. Like in the bar. Like chatting up the barman. Oh, I've told my husband this terrible lie. Not a little white one, but a big black one. Remember, Ange? Because I do, because I was sitting four feet away from you, lapping up every word. Six little months to live. Six tragic little months. And poor old Angie's gonna pop off. That has gotta be the sickest joke that you've ever played. And then what's fell for it? Well, now the joke's on you. This, my sweet, is a letter from my solicitor telling you that your husband has filed a petition for divorce. It also tells you to get yourself a solicitor pretty damn quick. Happy Christmas, eh? And when I've interviewed people in the past and when I've spoken to people on Twitter and that about, you know, drama series like Happy Valley, Last Tango, any of the big drama series we praise on the normal podcast, there does seem to be this this thing where people say it's gone too soapy. Mm. As if that's as if that's a you know, a terrible yeah. thing. There's a mm. reason why EastEnders has been on for thirty years. There's a reason why Coronation Street has lasted as long as it has. Soapy shouldn't be a derogatory no. term and I think Dominic Treadwell Collins, who's head of EastEnders now, has hope for Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. They turn that on its head a bit, because I remember Charlotte Moore saying... We want to make EastEnders the most talked about drama on television. Which at the time, Mm. at the time I was like, oh, that's a bit ambitious. That's a bit, you know. And I I do genuinely believe they've done it because it's unmissable now for me. Mm. I have to be sat down at 7.30, 8 o'clock to watch EastEnders. And there's still bits of it for me personally that, that if I had recorded it, I would skip through. But for the most part, it's... A really well put together, I mean, well it, done story. If, if you think about it, how hard it is to put together two hours of drama a week for you know how many odd mm. weeks you got now? Like fifty-two you know, weeks a year. Yeah, for thirty years, and people just criticise it for you know, oh, this doesn't work, this doesn't work. But you, you think about how much work goes into it, and as we've said before, there have been down periods where it's got a bit too silly, where. You know, there's been. I remember in the early to mid two thousands, there was the the influx of gangsters that they had in the square. We talked about just before Dominic Treble Collins came into it. There was a lot of characters who didn't really gel, who didn't really fit in, and they, you know, they struggle. There has been periods where they struggle, but when EastEnders gets it right, it gets it really right, and I think that's the 
you know, that's the charm of it. That's the joy of it, I think. And people think that EastEnders is the more depressing show. But I think EastEnders has, has certainly de- dealt with more of the big issues. I mean, they had a gay a gay couple in it within its first year or so, uh, which was very controversial at the time. Gay characters that they had as well weren't, you know, stereotypical. Barry and Colin <laughs> were the gay couple in, yeah. in EastEnders. There was like an age gap between them. And I know that Dot was their cleaner and there's a clip I watched recently where she found out about it and basically disowned them because she learned the truth and Dot being a Christian, you know, took against it. And obviously attitudes have changed over the years, but at the time it that was the view and I thought it was, it was really well done. Similarly, the next year they did the Kathy Beale rape as well. And I think that was handled really well. I think obviously as well, Mark's HIV, which I think, was one of the most long-running issue-based stories that they did. You know, this was a character who was in it from the start. And obviously, most of us remember when Todd Carty took over the role, when Mark had the HIV. And obviously, it sort of, there was, the, the, when it became major, was the stuff with Peggy and, and things like that, you know, when she she thought... You no, know, yeah. I, wa- I watched that again recently, mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it did make me feel slightly uncomfortable, and you can't yeah. imagine it being on TV today. I want to stop spreading rumours about my son. They weren't rumours, darling. They were the truth. They're not. You are mistaken. I've got nothing against you or your family. The fact is, Mark's got AIDS. Why hide it? He has not got AIDS. You are mistaken. Why do you hate him so much? I don't hate him. I feel sorry for him, but you are willing to ruin his life. He's bought it on himself, Pauline. He hasn't done a thing. Well, you don't get AIDS from sitting at home with your family. You get it from being part of the filth we're trying to get rid of in this community. Syringes in the kids' playground, druggies in our pub. It's all part of the same thing. If you swim in the sewer, you catch something. And Mark has. what you're talking about. I would have been over to your place earlier, only I met Tom. You know what it's like. Oh, you and Tom stepping out, are you? Well, you might not believe me to look at my husband, but I do tend to set my sights just a little bit higher, Barry. Besides, I'm a married woman. Who are you? Yes, it's a cross I have to bear. It's the drawing that's the real ball. Takes ages, doesn't it? Oh, well, that won't take long. You ain't got much in. Ah, just the sheets. But they got to be really, really dry. Silly, really. All that money Colin's got, and he's only got one pair of sheets. So we have to go through this nonsense every week, making sure the sheets are bone dry before putting them back on the bed. I say, he's only got one pair of sheets. What about you? How many pairs have you got? Me? None. I just share Colin's. Oh, one pair of sheets between the two of you? Well, what do you do? I mean, you have one sheet and you kind of double it over. Is that it? No. I mean, we sleep in the sheets, we wash them, we put them back on the bed all in the same day. Are you trying to tell me that you and Colin sleep in the same sheets at the same time, in the same bed? There's no law against it, is it? At least not after next week. It's when I come of age. Oh, Barry. What about God's law? Eh? Well, forgive me if I'm misunderstanding you, but are you trying to tell me that you and Colin are homosexuals? Well, sure, didn't you know? No. I certainly did not. I mean, I thought you was just friends. You know, flatmates. Yeah, well, we are. Yes, but, I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong, but you're telling me that you and Colin are involved, you know, right? 
I'm sorry, Bay, but I'll have to give you your keys back. I mean, I couldn't clean your flat because it'd be tantamount to condone in it, wouldn't it? Not to mention the fact that the pair of you might well have AIDS. Oh, my goodness. I drank a cup of coffee out of your flask. Oh, God, don't be so ridiculous. It's me you're talking to, Barry, no, right? No, I'm sorry, but I have quite strong views on that sort of caper. And now God's finally got fed up. And he sent this dreadful plague down on you all. And you still won't learn, will oh, you? hang on. Are you trying to tell me that AIDS is God's punishment for being gay? Well, of course it is. What else could it be? Well, how come the only people almost guaranteed not to get it are lesbians? Well, I don't know about them. Anyway, I expect God's got something else up his sleeve for them. Anyway, I bet be off. Here's your keys. And that's the thing about these characters as well. They're not always likeable. You know, the, the best-drawn characters in EastEnders have had their prejudices. You know, even someone like Dot, who is a you know, a kind soul, you know, she's, she's got these prejudices based on her religious outlook and, and she has softened over the years, but, uh, and obviously she's blind when, where Nick's concerned, as we've seen up to now, and, and obviously his, his death this past week. It, it's sort of life with the, mun- the mundane elements almost stripped out of it. I think life isn't always as harsh as, as, it, de- as it is on EastEnders. This is sort of the gritty aspect of life maybe amped up to 11 a little bit in some ways. For example, the Carter family have got that sort of balance of, of being fun and obviously now having these serious storylines with the rape and stuff like that. But yeah, it is, I think, I don't think it's ever overly bleak, but I think it is sometimes, it, it could do with being a li- having a little bit more balance maybe between the light and shade. For me, there are, there are characters in there that you you couldn't get rid of. I mean, Ian, for example, Mm. I think whatever your opinions on Ian, he seems to be a character that they can do almost anything with because he can do comedic stuff quite well that you believe. He can do heartbreaking, heartbreaking scenes. If a series gets, you know, eight, nine series, we go, well, I think they should stop this or Mm. get rid of him. Mm. And there's just some people, I I think, I think actually Max Brunning is another character who Mm. is more crucial to the show than you realise. They've done a lot with him. And I think what's good about it now and why people are raving about it now is that the show feels like it's not going round in circles like it perhaps done it, has done in the past. And it rejuvenated again. Come on, Lucy. Is that it? Depends what you mean by in. Max! Step into my office. You're lucky that you didn't have to see the speedos. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm struggling to know what to think here, to be honest. Well, her name's Bertha. She bubbles in places you would not believe. Yeah, yeah, sounds lovely. Oh, you mentioned something about a business opportunity. Oh, do you want to check? Uh, nah, no, I'm all right, thanks. Have you sell me insurance, have you? Well, I hope not, because I'm already insured up the hill since that cat burned down. Well, then you know how important it is, Ian. 12 months for the price of eight. It's a cheap deal I can get for three people, sort of like a friends and family thing. And you thought, who are the three biggest mugs that I know? Oh, I thought Ian Bill knows a good deal when he sees one. Usually. And I've managed. See this thing, it's covered on a policy you've got, is it? Um, what, done up? Well, what if it gets nicked? Who's going to nick it? Did you grab a log? <laughs> anyway, since when was our family? Frank. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? I thought I was doing you a favour. You know, you scratch my bag, I'll scratch yours. Nah, that's all right, Max. I'll give it a miss. Anyway, you know what insurance is, don't you? 
attacks on fear. Protection, dear. Fear of losing your home, losing your family. You know the one way to ensure happiness? No, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. Sit back, relax, chill out. Shotgun interesting in chip. But you're right about Ian, in a way. You know, he's not... He, he's... No, he's not the most likable of people, is he? Really, he's quite. No, no. But because we followed him from when he was a sixteen-year-old, we know all the knocks he's had. You know, I think the the Cindy thing affected him very much. You know, when he found out he wasn't the father of of Stephen's baby, and he attempted suicide at the time. Not and Cindy. I, <laughs> Cindy's baby, not Stephen. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think he's become. <laughs> hard because of the things that happened to him when he was younger and obviously he's become more of sort of a but in the, these past year or so again you know with the Lucy stuff and the, the you know there was that poignant scene with him and Phil I think that was that, I've still got strong emotion towards yeah, that because yeah. you'd only feel that way because of the history of the show mm. you, you know it was a poignant moment yeah. anyway but it was even more poignant because of where, of how we well we as an audience understood yeah. the characters. I've got nothing touch on some of the um, more difficult things for any show on at 7.30 of an evening to cover. Um, um, so let's just talk first then about Whitney Dean. Yeah. Um, what, what, yeah, what I think about that was that, you know, at the time it was criticised in the press, but the press are always going to criticise something that a lot of people have watched to sell papers. I think that's always going to be the case. And I think... Um, where it got praised was the NSPCC and the um, the actress who plays Whitney, whose name is is it? I can't. Shona Magati. That's the one. Uh, d- this was just after she'd come into the show as well, so we we didn't know that much about Whitney at the time. And I think she played it so well. I think she played. You know, there was this girl who thought she was in a relationship with an older man who was sort of you know had this. She played it with such a believable yeah, yeah, innocence. Yeah, yeah. I think is it was the key to the whole thing. And I, I, and. I, I, I was going to say, I think it worked as well because it was, you know, they were both sort of tied up with Bianca, who's a character that we've known for so long at this point. This ain't a crush. I know it don't seem like that now, and it just feels at the time like, it just feels like it's the world. It is the world. Whitney. You're not listening, you never listen. No, all right, I'm listening, okay? I am listening. Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've got a crush on my fiancé. Do you want me to cheer about it? I love him. I'm in love with him. It's your birthday. Perhaps you've been on the booze or something on the sly of you. I don't know. But don't push your luck. I'm sleeping with him. That ain't funny. It's true. We're in love. We're really, really in love. This is my fiancé you're talking about. He's dad to my kids. He's the nearest thing to a father that you've got. I know, and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no. Tony wouldn't do this. He wouldn't. You're making it up. So when then? When did this happen then? All the time. What do you mean all the time? All the time. What? How long? You and him, how long? It's a long time. Since he came out of prison? No. Recently? Before. Before. Before what? Before! Before what? Before he went in prison? Yeah. When? When did this start? A couple of years. A couple? A couple? All right, how many? Three. You were 12 years old. I love him. I didn't want this, but it's true love. Well, yeah. You're a liar! You're a liar! Yeah, I didn't want to tell you. I didn't want to hurt you. You were 12 years old! We were going to go away. Go? Go where? Away, abroad. Him and me. We planned it for ages. Since before, since for ages. On my 16th, we were going to leave. We were going to go. You were going to leave. You were going to leave today in the middle of your party. You know, this is something that happens with, re- you know, increasing regularity. And I think if one of the major soaps didn't do this, then that would almost, mm. you know, take away from their sort of reputation of dealing with these themes. And I think they did it re- really well and, and handled it well, you know, to the extent that I think ultimately it did get praised, even though anything that happens, as you say, at this sort of time is going to get criticised. Going back to what I was saying about, like, the gay couple as well, I mean, at the time in, in 1986, there was outrage about this gay kiss, you know, corrupting our children and things like that and you know as i said attitudes have changed but you're always going to have these storylines that that people aren't exactly going to want to see and and that's that's almost like one of the good things they do so well in my opinion you know shining a light on things that maybe do go on behind closed doors that we don't want to think about that are particularly happening it has the ability to change people's initial prejudices or, or opinions on a certain subject which brings us nicely I think to the Stacy bipolar mm. storyline which again handled with what I would call immense sensitivity mm. but not shying away from the often bleak and lonely reality of, of the disorder and against Lacey Turner who yeah, for, for a long time in EastEnders was you know, was the main draw for me. I just thought mm. everything she touched was just I, I thought... brilliant. There's nothing wrong with me. So don't feel that you need to be here. No, it's her. She's making stuff up, telling lies again. But she's wrong, because I'm fine. Can I go now, please? Well, Stacey, I can't make you stay. Dr Simmons is quite concerned. 
we had a discussion about how your symptoms correspond with those of bipolar disorder. No, that's her, not me. You may think that you can cope, Stacey. Rule the world, even. But you will go down where I've been. Not today, maybe, or next week, or even next month. But you will go down, and believe me, you don't want to go there. You need help now. How do you feel right now? Like my mind's going 90 miles ahead in my body. I, I, I can't stop. When... Can you sit down, Stacey? Since you started feeling like this, have you done things out of the ordinary? You know, take risks that you wouldn't ordinarily take? Things like that? Yeah, I suppose. <clears throat> Can you tell me about it? Um, just spending money like there's no tomorrow. Pretending that everything's all right when I know it's not. And loads of sex and sex with strangers in public places. And yeah, unprotected sex? Well, I don't even remember the bloke's face, let alone that. I'll need to organise a pregnancy test. And a test for HIV. And hepatitis. And gonorrhea. I also have to train once from Liverpool Street to Southend. Oh, I got such a rush out of just being part of something that was going as fast as my mind. It was, but it was peaceful. But you could have killed yourself, Stacey. You still think you're fine? I don't know. And then obviously the episode where she's sectioned as well. And and again. I mean that was genuinely heartbreaking. Mm. I think the way that was done, and that leads again into Billy Jackson's death. Mm. Now the reason that is poignant and important. Uh, for me, for the show, is because I I think, and I could be wrong because I wasn't living in the country at the time, but I think there was very little pre-press about this. You know, mm. one thing that soaps do do is they'll is they'll quite happily let the papers or the websites like myself spoil upcoming storylines. It is the one piece of TV like, where they will yeah. gladly go, this is going to happen at Christmas, and we'll tell you that in November. It's the really reason it stands out is because <clears throat> although we praised, we've just praised EastEnders, this felt not like an EastEnders episode at all. It it was quiet, it was <clears throat> emotional, and it was incredibly... Well, untru- yeah. I remember when I watched it with, with my family, I think we all sat there in complete silence for the whole half hour because it began with Carol getting this phone call from Bianca having discovered her younger brother had died over yeah, there on, I the, watched on, the, on the sofa. Yeah, I watched it recently. She's in the in the, in the bookies at the time, Carol. Oh. And, and, you know, you just see Bianca ring up and it's like, he's died and it's like, what are you talking about? And obviously, you know, because it's not a cancer, it's not a, a disease. It's, it, he died from alcohol poisoning, didn't he? Again, something... You know, most people don't think about it's it's one of those things that you know everybody has a drink now and then yeah you know, it's never it's never something you think about that this could actually kill you Louise, phone's ringing yes hello mum it's me bianca oh, i can't talk to you now bianca you need to come home what you really need to come Look, I'm working. I'm all on my trot here. You really need to come home now. Why? What's wrong? It's Billy. Look, whatever he's done, I'll, I'll deal with it later. Mum. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. 
I'll be right there. There are so many more moments we can yeah. talk about. You can visit I, the website yeah. to, to discuss One them. thing I would say just generally is is one thing that EastEnders has sort of become known for as well was is the, the two-hander, which is sort of quite a... a I think is a unique you know, quality of this soap opera. I don't think, you know, Corey, I think I've done maybe one or two, but it is something that EastEnders was known for. I know they did sort of about one a year. Obviously the, the, the most famous is the single hander as well with Dot, which, um, which is one that still stands out. And I think for you as well, isn't it? Well, she, she got BAFTA nominated mm, for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Remarkable. I don't know. I mean, recently I can't think of of one two hander they did. The re- most recent they did a four hander recently, didn't they? With with uh, Mick and Linda and um, Shirley and Dean, which was again a really strong episode. Really well I, put together. I, I think episode, the fact that yeah. they've got these strong characters that can coexist for an entire episode together, and it and again it's it's not always full on drama in these. These are almost like mini plays. I remember seeing clips of one that was just Dot and Ethel from, like, probably about 1987, 1988, which is literally just those two talking for half an hour, babysitting, I think, maybe Vicky Fowler. And I just think, you know, you know, it's got its roots in, in almost like theatre, and occasionally you can see that come through, and I think that, again, is, is one of its unique... Let's just finish on what you hope for for the Lucy Beale reveal... And the live show, I, we've spoken before, and this is something that um, somebody else from the Radio Times has said, David Brown. Brown has said, that he worries that whether going live on such an important milestone for any show, mm. regardless of whether you're a soap or, you know, what you are, it's going to, because you can't help but sit there and think, oh, that, that camera shot was a bit wonky, or they seem to have stumbled on their lines, and it's sort of, takes you out of the action because I think when they last went live on the 25th anniversary um, Scott Maslin um, sort of stumbling over his initial first yeah. scene was, was, is still very memorable yeah. for people you hold the fact from the look, you've, you've, it's a motive you've held it against the public look we all have well, I'll explain that what are you going to say you got a motive Bradley alright he found out what she was look she's carrying his kid he knows about it no. Maybe that's why they are doing the reveal in in the episode before, aren't they? I mean, they're still doing yeah. it live, but the majority of that episode is going to be taped and only the reveal will be live on Thursday night. So, But yeah, I know you're right that people will just be looking out for for faults and things like that. I think that's the sort of the society we live in, especially now, you know, where everyone's on Twitter while they're watching mm. TV, that any little thing people will pick up on. And I suppose that's what the actors are thinking about. But I think... The thing with the Lucy Beale is going to be a lot of people are going to be disappointed if it turns out to be like a minor character, like a Lee Carter or Les Coker or someone like that. As you've said before, it's got to be someone in the Beale or possibly the Branning family, hasn't it? I think that's the only the only it way. It has to, I think, to going, make it yeah, memorable. And the only way that it's going to have sort of a, a long lasting point to it. And I think one of my one of my friends recently said that. The most logical thing is, or that she thinks is that maybe Peter did it and Jane is helping him cover it up or something like that. Because Jane, I think, has got something to do with it. But maybe... You're always suspicious of women. Yeah, I am. That's true. Uh, joining us now on the podcast is Katie Brent from The Mirror. She is officially their entertainment reporter. <laughs> a clever play on the 
EastEnders entertainment oh, reporter. Just got it. Yeah, they, <laughs> that university education forum yeah, really paid yeah. off. I'm glad. <laughs> um, first of all, uh, Katie, have there been any moments on EastEnders where you think this is these are key landmark moments that have stuck with you? Um, I think definitely the Joe Wick story. I just remember that's one of those things that has like always, always stuck with me. Um, I remember he was putting like um, tin foil up his walls because he thought aliens I were trying to that. talk to him. And that has always stuck with me. Um, it's just like handling those kind of gritty storylines. Like I remember um, Bianca, she she had a baby. Do you remember that was um, had spina bifida and she chose to to abort the baby? That was sort of handling something really gritty. Um, and I think it's just those sort of really hard hitting stories that they're the ones that really stick with you. I think, and that's what EastEnders is it does best. I think. We were saying earlier that that people's perception of it is that it's depressing. Would you agree with that, or do you think it's just closer to real life than some people like to? Perhaps admit. I wouldn't call it depressing. I would call it gritty. And I think that, um, I think it's quite a good, obviously it's a much more enhanced sort of version of real life than most of us hopefully would ever live through. But, you know, they are those real stories that, that people do have and that, you know, people do go through. I don't know. Sometimes it's a bit depressing. <laughs> I think the baby snatch storyline sort of crossed, crossed the line yeah. from um, gritty into just dark because that was just horrible. But I don't know. I don't think anyone ever switches on EastEnders expecting to see, like, happy, skippy people. I think it's, you know, they know what it is. It's gritty. It's sort of, it's, it's real. And, um, yeah. Matt and I mm. were talking about Ian Beale, how he's, you know, he's a character you can do they seem to be able to do anything with, you know, they mm-hmm. can put him through horrendous tragedy or they can make him a fool and you still have somewhat of an affection for Ian Beale. Is there anyone that you think is crucial to the show for you as a viewer? For me, I think it's amazing what the Carters have done in the short time that they've been there. Um, personally, I think that um, for me, Shirley is like a, a a real um, like centerpiece of the cast now. Um, whereas probably before um, Dom took over, she was not that integral. She was kind of there, wasn't she? And she was always the kind of character that would be sort of rocking up, drinking a bottle of vodka, and you know, sort of having her. They put thing with, they Phil, put with but... Phil, didn't they? Yeah, they put her with <laughs> Phil for it. She was just like Phil's other half. It's only when they sort of separated them again. Yeah, that she sort of came into her own mm, exactly, yeah. and I think that you know, the whole storyline with um with Mick and Dean has been um well just I just, I just think that Linda Henry has been fantastic. She's really really come into her own. I think. I mean, for me, Kat and Alfie are a key standers couple, but I think they only work as characters really together. They don't work separately for me mm-hmm. as much. Would mm. you agree on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I think Kat works without Alfie, but not the other way around. I think Kat is a, a strong enough character on her own. But I wouldn't say... I just think sa- I think sad Alfie. You, you yeah. don't want to ever no. be around sad Alfie. No. Happy Alfie, fine. Sad Alfie, you just... And also, we wanted to get your opinion on something that Matt brought up earlier, which is 
Um, they have a tendency within the show, and they've done it several times, Elfie being an example, where they'll bring in this happy-go-lucky character and then sort of destroy the their world, and it's never quite the same again. I was worried when they were when they started to do it with the Carters that they might not be able to bounce back and be as warm and loving toward one another in the show. Mm. Do you feel that the the way they have to do that affects the show in a bad way rather than a good way sometimes? I was When I first heard about um, the Linda Rape storyline, I was so worried that it was going to affect their relationship badly. I, was, I thought, you know, it would just be the predictable sort of he doesn't believe her then it would go through do you know what I mean that kind of yeah but I think what's actually happened and I think what we've seen has been really clever because you know we've seen Mick break down in tears at the police station we've really seen the toll that it's taken on him and at no point has he has he ever questioned her and I think it really needed that and I think in a way it has actually brought them closer and you can kind of see how close their relationship is I'm so pleased that they did that with it rather than sort of go down the other road um they could have so easily sort of torn them apart mm. and done that thing we've seen time and time again couldn't they really yeah so I'm really pleased that they haven't done that. And, and you know, it, it's nice to see, not nice, because it's obviously not a nice storyline, but it's, it's for me it's good to see that kind of their relationship on a deeper level because you can kind of really mm. see just how intimate and close they are. And, you know, the fact that he's not even questioned her once at all is just, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was worried about it, but I think it's actually been handled really well. What will happen with the rest of the Carters, I don't know, though. Mick and Shirley, I think it's always going to be a bit... Um, it's always going to be dramatic between those two, isn't it? How do you feel about how they've plotted the Lucy Beale mystery? Are you still gripped by it? Do you have your own theories? Have you spoken to other people with theories? Oh, yeah. Because a couple of times on EastEnders, they, they do the build-up so well. But I remember the disappointment when Darren was revealed <laughs> to be Heather's baby's father. I remember the disappointment when Derek Branning was the one Kat oh, was having yeah. an affair with. I'm really looking forward to it and really intrigued, but I know as well that sometimes they come at things from a different angle. But I think this has been really well put together so far. There have been times where I've got a bit sort of like, oh, come on, I just want to know now. But I think they've managed to build the momentum up so well since Christmas again um, that I'm really, I'm so gripped again now and I can't wait to find out who it is. I just, I hope it isn't, you know, something predictable or something disappointing. As far as um, writing about soap that you do as you are an entertainment reporter... (laughs) Is, do you think Dom has helped, and by Dom we mean Dominic Treadwell Collins, helped turn the tide a bit? Because, as Matt and I were saying earlier, when when drama series get put as, oh, they've gone too soapy, mm. it seems to be a derogatory term. Mm. Like soap is a, you know, is, is a bad form yeah, of yeah. drama, but it's just a different type of drama, really, isn't it? Exactly, yeah, and it's difficult. I mean, I, th- I think Dom's done amazingly, and I'm I'm really, really team Dom. I think um, sort of in the last twelve months, he's pulled the 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 show up from um, sort of being a bit. I just I went through a period where it was the whole like Michael Moon and blah blah blah. Um, I can't even remember her name. Derek's daughter. <laughs> That's not unimportant. Alice. 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 I- I'd forgotten about Alice. <laughs> I was almost Alice, Alice, who the heck is Alice then for a minute. 
exactly but it was like oh i i really i had no interest in those characters like you know it, oh but i think um because it, it it did go through a slumps rating wise around that time didn't it and i think mm. you know obviously dom's brought the carters in who have been wonderful um there's been sort of other suggestions of storylines like we've got denise's drinking's been bubbling away under the surface for a while hasn't it so nice play on words there <laughs> bubbling away so interesting <laughs> to see how that goes i think that with soap because it is so long going and it, it, it's you know obviously continuous it is you can't keep up that dramatic pace all the time because mm. it's just impossible um but the actors would be completely overworked for a start but um you need to have like the the gentler storyline sort of bubbling along as well and i think he's just got that balance really really he's he's just nailed it really as far as i'm concerned yeah i think what he's done well is he's he's given everybody in the cast their moment to shine mm. and also there's a lot of things going on outside of the big lucy beal murder that exactly. we also care about yeah. the shabnam stuff mm-hmm. patrick stroke was just mm. A horrible issue, but mm. I think everyone involved in that did it brilliantly. But my, my granddad suffered a stroke quite badly um, when I was younger, and I just remember some of the horrible things about it. And I think that they managed to to get that across so well, um, which is, again, another one of the hard-hitting storylines I think we spoke about before. So what's the best outcome for you for the Lucy Beale reveal? I would love it to be, I would love it to be someone that we don't even suspect, Um Wellard's back. <laughs> well, I, we were looking at the betting odds earlier, and Bobby Beal is currently the favourite. I, I don't know where that's come from, but I'd take credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> Evil stage school Bobby Beal yeah. could do it. I think I wrote him. I wrote about this last week, actually, and it suddenly struck me that um, the actor who's changed Bobby has has sorry the actor who plays Bobby has changed, and I suddenly thought, oh, what if he's been brought in because he has to do a big storyline? And he has to killer. cope with more than the previous Bobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though they do so just rotate happens. Ian's children every so often. Yeah. You know, it's one of the things they do on, on yeah. EastEnders. Ian's, he- Ian's kids get new heads at least yeah. you know, two or three, every two or There's three years. There's been about five Peters. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you know, I don't want it to be Ian. I really, I think I will, my heart will be broken if it's Ian. And, or Abby. Also, I don't know. Yeah, see, I, I thought I'd be for a long time. I think once I you get the dog, you go mad. Yeah. I thought it was Abby for a long time, but then it's become. I feel like she's been sort of deliberately. Yeah. We're kind of being led to think it's her, but being led to think that by thinking it's her, we're being really clever when actually we're just doing what they want us to do. Do you know what I mean? We don't really learn from murder mysteries, do we? Because we do this all the time. We think we know every time. Oh, it's him, it's her. We, yeah, they're, they're a bit shifty. Yeah. That's because she ran over a dog with their done, car. That's who it is. They've done a good job of making as many of them as shifty as possible, though, haven't they? I think they've planted a doubt in your mind for about half a dozen of them. So I think it's it's been well built up. Is there any... I mean, any... This is the wrong word, but any dead wood that you would perhaps... If, as a viewer, you you think this character needs to perhaps bow out or or leave for my full enjoyment of the show? Um, well, Dexter's already gone, so that. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Do, Dom's done a good job, I think, of getting rid of most of the dead wood. I yeah. think you know he's yeah. done a. We set fireworks off at our house when Dexter and his family left. That was. 
That was one of the biggest moments of EastEnders over the last 30 years, I would say. It did make me laugh, though, that they brought him back to make him leave. It was like, no one will really notice if you don't come back from Newcastle. No. will just uh, stay there. Yeah. Um, Newcastle's like a different planet, apparently, where people like, just... Like when Jane left to go to Cardiff. and like, Yeah, all Cardiff. Yeah. It's miles away, we'll never go. And Bianca and Milton Keynes. Oh, She's not yeah. going to come back to see her, her her friend who's had twins and got burnt in a fire. So I've got enough to be angry no. with it. But, you know, there's a big shopping centre there, so you can sort of understand. She's probably busy, Milton yeah. Keynes. Yeah, <laughs> things going on. Well, thank you ever so much. I hope the uh, reveal is, an, is a um, surprise uh-huh. and a joyous thing for us all. I'm sure it will. Thank you very much, I, then. I think the most important part of this podcast, though... Uh, is to give you, Matt Donnelly, your very own Duff Duff oh, no. moment. So if you <laughs> if you had a part in EastEnders and you had that final scene that's going to lead to the infamous Duff Duff, what would the line that you would like to say be before those drums kicked in? Oh no, the milk's gone off. <laughs> You have to say it with a bit more drama than that. It's the 30th anniversary. Put all your acting abilities to work here. You're in the square. Oh no! The milk's gone off! What would yours be? You do yours. I think mine would be... This would be mine. And And if you're a fan of the show... You'll you'll get this, and if you're not, you won't. So here we go, ready? Tracy! <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> we'd love to hear your views. Obviously, uh, the EastEnders 30th is just around the corner. Get in touch with us on Twitter, at TV At Matt's TV Bites. Get in touch with us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash TheCustardTV. Um, and you can download this podcast on the website, TheCustardTV.com, or subscribe on iTunes, get it delivered to the MP3 player of your choice. Oh, breathe. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Luke. is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary BGW void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus